MSW Media. And now, a word from one of our dream sponsors, Miller Lite Bowling Tournament, circa 1982. The score's all even! Glass frame, who's up? Rodney. Rodney! You gotta be a mistake. Hey, you kidding? It's a piece of cake! (laughs) All we need is one pin, Rodney. Like beer from Miller. Everything you always wanted in a beer and less. We didn't get my turn yet. I'm going to break this time. Well, pour yourself a glass. Sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking. Some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Happy St. Patty's Day week, everybody. You may be wondering, St. Patty's Day week, is that a thing? Yes, it's a thing. I just made it one. Come on, let's celebrate. Let's party. Yeah. Coming up on this episode of What We're Drinking, we've got our East Coast co-host returning to the show. Actor Colin Donnell will be here. We love Colin. Also on this program, Johnny Egan, director and brand custodian of Egan's Irish Whiskey. We are all about the Irish whiskey during St. Paddy's Day week, which is a thing. This time last year, maybe a week or so ago this time last year, I had just returned from Ireland. I was hanging out with the guys from Egan's over there and some other brands. That was the last trip I took. That was it. I've not been on an airplane since, but uh, I do see the light at the end of the tunnel, and that light is coming from a bar, and I shall return. I want to remind you to check out and download Stereo. Stereo is the social media app for the podcasting world. When I go on Stereo, you get to join the conversation live by pressing a button, you record a message, and you hit send. And me and whoever I'm doing the show with, usually it's Colin Donnell. We'll play that message and we'll respond to it. It's a lot of fun. So much fun. And the stuff we talk about on Stereo is, is, you know, a departure from what I'm doing here on this show. Stereo, it's just shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip. And Colin and I are going to be doing that live on the Stereo app this Thursday, March 18th at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. I would love for you to join us. All you got to do is download the Stereo app and follow me at Stereo.com slash Dan Dunn. There's your chance to finally unburden yourself with all these questions you've been wanting to ask me or Colin Donnell. So download uh, the app and join us live this Thursday, March 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern on Stereo. And speaking of pressing a button, recording a message, and hitting send, I love hearing from you. And beginning right now, this episode, I will be addressing your questions and comments and, and whatnot. I don't know what whatnot is, but... Whatever the what, surprise me with the whatnot. I'm going to do it right here on this show as it's happening, as the show's happening. In fact, I've got two voicemails to get, are they voice, voice messages, voice memos, voice 
stuff recordings. I'll stop now. Let's let's have at it. The first one is from Kristen. She sent me this via email and used some sort of voice masking technology. I maybe she's worried her employer will hear this question. But let, let's 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 hear what Kristen wants to know about. I've been working from home for a year because of COVID, and I've gotten used to having a few glasses of wine during the day. Looks like I'm going to have to go to the office soon. And I've been thinking, should companies allow employees to drink small amounts of alcohol while at work? Maybe not permanently, but at least until we've reacclimated to so-called normal life? Oh, good question, Christian. All right, listen, as one of the only handful of individuals in this country who can legitimately list professional boozer as my occupation on a tax return... I've often wondered what it must be like to operate under the behavioral constraints of a more conventional vocation in a traditional workplace. You know, like a paralegal tech type thingy or telecommunications, how's a or Every time I ponder such a scenario, I always come to the same conclusion, that it would suck donkey balls. For me, not for you, for me. Anyways, yeah, that's what I mean, not me. It's not that I think there's anything... Wrong with having a stable career and a respectable profession that provides a steady income. Especially, you know, if you've got a family to support, and God knows there are too many deadbeats in this world already. Yes, I'm talking to you, Dad. Hell, I'm not even averse to the notion of settling into a regular routine, just so long as it doesn't involve, you know, like, regularly having to go to work. Or stop drinking during what the rest of the world has collectively come to define as work hours and as... Kristen alluded to, that's all changed during this pandemic. But still, some might call this extreme, but I'm just going to go ahead and call it what it is. Prejudice. That's right. It's an ugly word, but I don't know a better one to describe it. But unlike most prejudices, which tend to be rooted out by the light of reason, this one seems to be getting worse with time. Or at least, again, it was before the pandemic. You watch Mad Men, right? Mad Men? I mean, I love that show. Everybody loves that show. If you watch that show, you know there was a time not so long ago in this country when drinking was not only tolerated in the workplace, it was practically mandatory. In the 1960s, alcohol was celebrated as a social lubricant that made going to the office as much fun as going home to your dysfunctional family afterwards was not. But, you know, attitudes change, and sadly, getting schnockered on the clock down at the old ad agency became as outmoded a social convention as smoking during pregnancy or spanking your kids in public, throwing garbage at Native Americans on the interstate. Everybody remember that commercial? Am I dating myself? Remember the commercial? I think I would pick it up and a tear rolled down his cheek. I miss that commercial. Look, I'm sure it's great to be a highly paid doctor, lawyer, or operator of heavy machinery, but let's face it, nobody in their right mind would ever hire a lush to argue cases in court or do gastric bypass surgery or dig up the street for a new cast main. The last one does sound like it'd be fun after you've had a couple, though, right? Or would they be crazy? So a few years back, I came across this study that suggested boozing can be good for business. paper was called Uncorking the Muse. Alcohol intoxication facilitates creative problem solving. Yes, somebody wrote that. And in that paper, they tested the effects of moderate alcohol intoxication on creative problem solving, and they found that people who were buzzed were able to perceive solutions faster and more frequently than these fucking nerds that hadn't consumed any alcohol. Which confirms what I've always known in my gut to be true. After all, I spent a significant amount of time working with the folks at Playboy, where up until Hef died, they'd maintained a liberal drink-at-work policy. And hey, 
70 years of results spoke for themselves, right? Beautiful naked lady parts in every issue, hundreds upon hundreds of hilarious cartoons of guys banging their secretaries and the magnum opus of celebrity reportage. David Renson's 1983 masterpiece, 20 Questions with Yakov Smirnoff. If you can find that issue, get it. It's, it's beautiful. All right, so Kristen, drinking at work might not be a good idea for every profession. There's the obvious ones with safety concerns, such as like a pilot or lifeguard or Lil Wayne. And you can bet your ass that your coworkers at the nuclear power plant aren't going to want to hear about your quote unquote artistic impulses. They find out you decided to replace the deionized water and liquid sodium in the core coolant with Dr. Pepper and margarita mix. Now, let's face it, no one at the Apple store is going to start comparing you to Steve Jobs after you unveil the giant vodka luge you created out of hundreds of disassembled iPhones. But it's not all happy news. It isn't. That report is not all happy news. Indeed, the authors of Uncorking the Muse also found a far darker wrinkle during their investigations, one that points back to that old devilish prejudice. You know I'd bring that back, right? You knew it. I mean, if I don't speak up, then who? Who? So despite the fact that drinking has been proven to stimulate creativity, those who drink are perceived by others as less intelligent, thanks to something called the imbibing idiot bias. You don't even need to drink to be tarred with this brush. As the study stated, even people who hold an alcoholic beverage are perceived to be less intelligent than those who do not. So Kristen, I hope I'm answering your question here, and I will say this. Against oppression on this kind of unconscious level, we're left with only one option. We got to go underground. You mentioned wine. Maybe you're also a bourbon in the bottom drawer kind of gal. Perhaps you could go for the, this is totally coffee in my venti Starbucks cup full of beer ploy. You could always brew up a nice batch of toilet wine under your desk. All right, all right, all right. All right, Kristen, let's get some work done. Next question comes from John in New York. Hey, Dan, it's John uh, from New York. Big fan of the show, but uh, why don't you ever talk about beer? I mean, Homer Simpson, dude. Like, why do you, why do you got to be so fancy? Talk about beer. Don't, 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 all right i'll admit it i don't cover beer that often on the show and the reason really is that the older i've gotten the less i've moved away from beer i used to drink it a lot back in my formative years my 20s even in my early 30s i drank a lot of beer and then i got it into my head that beer was causing me to get fat and it probably wasn't i mean more so than say cocktails and and I know that that's not really true, at least not if you're drinking lagers and whatnot. And Anyway, to that end, I'll say this to you, John. I've actually got David Walker coming up in about uh, two episodes from now. David Walker from Firestone Walker Brewing Company. Firestone Walker is one of the original sort of craft breweries in the United States. They, they've been around for 25 years out of the central coast of California. And David really, I already had the conversation with him, so we're going to run that in a future episode. And he really opened my eyes. I think you're going to be seeing a lot more beer on this show. A lot more beer. So with that, I, I really, I invite you to send me your questions, comments, random thoughts to 
info, I-N-F-O, at whatwerdrinking.com. There's no apostrophe in the were there. It's just W-H-A-T-W-E-R-E, drinking.com. Info at whatwerdrinking.com. We prefer it if you send an audio file, because I like hearing your voices. But you could also just type it out, traditional question, whatever, and I'm I'm going to get to those things. I'm going to do them. I like to do that every week now. I want this to be a two-way street. It's like the stereo of podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is Colin Donnell, and you are listening to my favorite podcast that begins with the letter W. Take that, Mark Marin. Well, this is certainly exciting. Back, it's it, it feels like it's been forever. It really does. I, you know, and I miss this guy whenever he's not on the show for this long. And I think I, I feel like I've been derelict in my duty as the host for not having him on. He is the East Coast co-host of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. You may also know him from some of his acting stuff he's done. He was he was on Chicago Med. He was on The Affair. He was on Arrow. He's on Broadway. He's got he's a musician. He's got albums out. He's got all kinds of things going. But again, really, I think we can all agree the thing he does best is East Coast co-host of what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, and that would be Mister Colin Donnell. What's up, brother? Hey, man, how you doing? It's good to see you. And it's been a, it's been a couple of months, right, since you've been on. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a couple of months. Yeah, I mean, we've talked, obviously. But yeah, we talk. We we do the stereo thing. We've been doing that. Yeah, we do the stereo thing. There's like thing nine people on. listen to us on stereo. We've got some diehard fans, let me tell you. I don't get it, man, because, like, you have a big following on social media. I have a decent following, but this show gets people, and I promote it, and then we get on this stereo, and there's, like, ten people. But you know what? Those ten people say a lot of weird things, and I appreciate that. I, you know, I do appreciate somebody calling in or, you know, voice messaging in like they do on stereo and just rambling in another language. I, that was my favorite, I think. Maybe we'll do one this week. Maybe we'll do it. Yeah. And we'll do some with this Irish whiskey. We got this Egan's Irish whiskey that we're drinking and speaking. Sure do. Speaking of that, I, I, normally I'd just like to kick it with you, my friend, but we've got a special, special guest here. He is the director and brand custodian of Egan's Irish Whiskey, and we are going to get into it with Johnny Egan. How are you, buddy? How's it going, guys? Hey, thanks man. So for having me on the show. Uh, it's yeah. A, it's a pleasure having you, man, and thanks for, uh, thanks for the whiskey. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's always great being on, uh, on a Zoom, Zoom call with a couple of fellas. Just, I just wish you'd wore clothes this time. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Dan, you got you got a little uh, you got a little thing coming out of your uh, shoulder there. What is it? Oh, it's my it's the microphone. I've got a zoom. No, back it's here. and a rock and a rock. Yeah, you got a chip on your shoulder, bud. I got He's a, between a rock and a hard place. I got a zoom background going on. I'm trying to I'm trying to get into the spirit of things. This St. Patty's Day week, Johnny. I mentioned earlier in the show. This time last year, I just returned from the the last trip that I took on an airplane, which was to Ireland. And I visited several places over there that make whiskey, but probably, and I mean this, the most memorable crew I hung out with were the guys from Egan's and just had such a great time with them. I I spent a couple of nights going out with them and and drinking the whiskey. And Nights you'll never get back. (laughs) Right, I'm telling you. You remember any of this? You remember any of us? Little bits and people. Well, here's what I remember, honestly, in retrospect, is 
we're shoulder to shoulder with people in the pubs and never having the faintest idea that I was two, two weeks away. I was two weeks away from all of that coming. Yeah. To, we all were all of that coming to a screeching halt. And here we are a fucking year later. <laughs> Can you believe that this is the end? This is the year anniversary. It's of a year, stuff. but we're going to, yeah. you know what, man, I am determined because Colin Staunton, who works for you over there in Egan's, mentioned yeah. that you got there was either a golf tournament or something that was going to go on and I, i'm a pretty good golfer and he said well why don't you come back it was going to be that summer so i'm yeah. hoping maybe it'll be late summer fall this year i'll get a chance to get back to ireland back, back to the egan's classic is that oh. what it's called is it called the egan's classic yeah everybody lies about their handicaps <laughs> perfect i'll fit in where's my invite <laughs> we fit with donald colin donald and dan's on no one will know we just put on you probably have it let me hear your Irish accent, Colin. You got to have a good one. You're an actor. No, no. That's Come on, absolutely give us the not. old broad, Colin, will you? No, not on a. Not on. See, my sister in law is Irish, and uh, oh. I. My biggest fear is actually having a job where I actually have to do an Irish accent and having to face the wrath of her just completely <laughs> ripping me a new asshole. Eh, for the love of sweet soul, friend Jesus. No. No good, Johnny? Uh, yeah, yeah, guys. Uh, Did I get the part? Favorite, uh, who's your favorite accent of all the uh, actors and celebrities out there? Who do you think has done it the best? That's not actually Irish? Yeah. Gillian Anderson. Yeah. She did it in the she did it for uh it was it was the fall, right? Yeah, yeah that was a that was a that was a whopping first season that was. Yeah. She's she is just brilliant. And she's such a like she seems like such a wonderful woman and she was so good in that. Yeah. And her and Jamie Dornan playing opposite each other, I was, I, like I was blown away by that series. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a great chemistry between the both of them. I really really enjoyed that show. Um, how did you fancy Brad Pitt in Snatch? That I mean, was you couldn't great... understand what he was saying, anyways, right? <laughs> I don't want to take a shite. I don't want to take a shite. I fight you for it. I fight you for it. Yeah, we all, we all thought he did a great job of that. You know? Oh, uh, good. Yeah. My favorite was an Irish actor doing a different accent, which was Liam Neeson in um, anything in Schindler's List, right? Uh. And I, I once made up this thing called, I wrote a piece called the, the Liam Neeson drinking game. And one yeah. of the things was whenever, you. whenever, whenever in Schindler's List, whenever you picked up, a, detected a slight Irish brogue, you had to raise your glass and go top of the morning to you, Hitler, and then do a shot. Yeah. You know, what well, was Schindler's List? I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, like it, it was on brand. Yeah. Yeah. It was on brand. Yeah. Um, so I didn't love his accent, but didn't Tom Cruise do a really bad accent in oh my God. Far and Away? Yeah. It was, it was by far and away the worst Irish accents. <laughs> I see what you did I mean, there. Well, what did he, he? At least he got a wife out of the show, right? Didn't he? Is that, marry oh, that's right. Or? They met there. That's correct. That's in that right. Movie. Yeah. Now, Johnny, where are you from in in Ireland? Right. So I, I was born and raised, born and bred in the county of Kildare, which is just immediately um, immediately west of Dublin. It's between County Dublin and County Offaly. And um, my father is from uh, Tullamore, County Offaly, just where you know the whole provenance and history of Egan's begins. And um, so I spent, you know, obviously my youth in, in Ireland. Um, and then when I got to my early 20s, I was I had to flee the nest. Uh, I actually uh, took off out of Ireland and Europe altogether. I went to Asia, actually. I went to, uh, to Taiwan and China uh, for about 14 years immediately after uh, uh, university in Dublin. You mentioned the history Tullamore, with, uh, with Egan's. Tell us a little yeah. bit about how far back this goes. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, five generations before me, 
uh, I monarch myself as the sixth generation. And there was a gent named uh, Patrick Egan, Patrick Egan Sr., we refer to him as. And he was um, a gent of most County Westmead. And he he had a couple of different businesses there. He was also the, the crown solicitor for West County Westmead. And so he was a big advocate um, in the town. And he was uh, he was a good schmoozer with the political class. And uh, he um, addressed uh, what we call the Great Redeemer, which is Daniel O'Connell. Um, and uh, he was a you know he was a, a a bit of a luminary in his own right, and he decided he wanted to expand his business, and he moved over to the bustling town of Tullamore, County Offaly. Uh, at that stage, Tullamore had a lot going for it. Uh, one of the main things was uh, infrastructure development of the of the canal, and that canal artery was connecting Tullamore with the second busiest port in the British Empire at the time, which was Dublin. And he wanted to um, he wanted to trade his commodities uh, up to Dublin and export them. He was a pretty ambitious fella. And uh, once his sons came onto the scene, uh, that's the, the Patrick and Henry, the P and H of P and H Egan. They jumped into the business and they expanded it. They got into hotels. They got into bottling. They got into brewing. They got into whiskey bonding. Um, and they grew that and it went, uh, the business went for uh, five generations, well, just all, just about five generations until the late 1960s. My dad was one of the last people there before um, many of the units of the business were sold off. Um, so that was 1968. And then uh, about uh, seven years ago, um, my, uh, my close friend, John Ralph and I, we decided to uh, bring back the um, bring back the business, uh, as it were, with some original family members, um, with the providence that we had, um, the IP, and uh, relaunched the brand. And so that's what we did about uh, nearly nearly six years ago now. Um, and uh, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. East Coast co-host, jump in there. No, I love it. So, uh, I mean... Should, wait, 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 we didn't. We have not even raised the toast yet. We haven't raised the toast. No, yet. but I've been <laughs> drinking. So, oh yeah, hold on. Let's do this first off. Your glasses. <laughs> first toast. We're, 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 first toast. Well, you got to do it, man. The Irish have the best yeah. toast. The Irish have the yeah. best. So, what do we got? Okay. Um, oh, I wish you wish you'd give me a little bit of a runway <laughs> there. Um, <laughs> I do the same thing to Colin. I'm like, what do you go ahead, Colin? You pick this up. <laughs> and run you you take over. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> Um, my friend does the Irish toast and I'm just having an awful blank right now at the moment Um, I'll I'll come back to me right I'm just going to pass the parcel over to uh, Colin you do the toast and I'll I'll do the next toast okay (laughs) well here's to the bottles that aren't drunk yet there we go All right. cheers Shlancha Shlancha there are some uh, there are some great Irish toasts and we will we will get into those, but before this, uh, before this goes out, I, I want to. I mentioned St. Patty's uh, earlier, uh, Johnny, and I wanted to ask you. First off, St. Patty's. I notice a lot of people spell it in the states P A T T Y S, the apostrophe S. That's a big no no, right? Oh my God, it's abhorrent. You know, people <laughs> are. You know, a, you know, a patty is what you put into a burger, right? Yeah, that's what a patty is. And uh, Saint, you know, Patrick, he was a saint. So I think the least that we can do is, is you know, address him by his full name. Um, 
so yeah, we just we just squirm and just throw our eyes up to heaven when people start referring to it as St. Paddy's Day. I mean, come on. And if you do patties, at least have the decency to put the two Ds, right? Indeed. Yeah, two exactly. Ds. Yeah. <laughs> two Ds. <laughs> now, now, what is the difference between the celebration, in your opinion, the celebration here in the United States and the celebration over in Ireland? Well, you know, ironically... <laughs> Uh, people hardly ever believe me in this, but it's way more drunker here in the U.S. than it is. Oh, I believe uh, you. Ireland. No, I yeah. believe that. <laughs> and uh, we moved to Chicago in the year of our Lord, 2015. Oh. And so 2016 was our I know the city well. St. Patrick's Day. And I think it actually fell on a Saturday or Friday or something like that. But the other yes, way they celebrated did. on the on the, week, uh, on the weekend. And I remember going downstairs. It was like... 8 39 in the morning i was going out to get a coffee and as i was coming down in the elevator all these people were coming in like kind of swaying from side to side in green costumes and they were already like hammered and i was like eight o'clock in the morning morning. what happened (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh we had this we had this early party from 6 a.m i was like oh my god i mean jesus i you know i'm almost ashamed of calling myself irish you guys here Tell me, Johnny, are you a fan of the Green River? Yes. yes. <laughs> in Chicago, right? They dye the river. In Chicago, yeah. So every year they, they dye the river green. That's right. It's, have, you ever, have, you, have you guys gone down and watched them dye the river green yet? Yes. Yes, we did, actually. Yeah, we went out with my son and my wife there. Um, was it two years ago? And, yeah. Uh, we got to see it, and it was, you know, it was a great event. And, you know, nobody It's weird. It. It's weird. Commercializing like, like, like the Americans do, right? Yeah. But no, we thought it was cool. Yeah, it is cool. cool. I mean, and, yeah. and to tell you the truth, uh, so I, uh, I, you know, Dan mentioned that I was on Chicago Med. We shot the show in Chicago. So I lived there basically from the time that you guys moved to Chicago. I was yeah. there at the same time just until uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, oh. And one of the first things when we were, uh, when Patty, my wife is named Patty. P-A-T-T-I. Okay. Not to be confused with St. Patty. If you spell it P-A-D-D-I, will she get upset? Yeah, I think she might be mad at that. Uh, the middle part of the burger. Yeah, she's, <laughs> I, I don't refer to her as the burger patty. She's only... <laughs> she's, a, she's a very lean burger patty, if I'm going to say that. Uh, but we... <laughs> God, that was dumb. Anyway, that's so but, the, but, that's but, the we, highlight clip, by the way. I'm, I'm, that's going that's, up. That's going right up on Instagram, on Instagram, and I'm tagging Patty on it. Yes. <laughs> oh God. Hey, at least I mean, look. Hey, anyway. So, but we we went down and we I learned all about how they dye the river green, and they do it very. Uh, they do it very ecologically responsible. Uh, they don't put any toxins toxins into the river. There's enough there already. Um, (laughs) but it is, it's, it's, it's fascinating to, to see it. And that motherfucker is neon green. (laughs) It's crazy. I'm telling you, like you go and you look at it and if it's a bright day, it is. And if it's a sunny day, that thing is like shining green light back onto your face. It's that vivid and green. It's so weird, but you're not wrong. There's, you know, the same, it's the same thing in New York. It's, it's, you go to the subway. If if it falls on a weekday and you're going to work or you're going to do anything in the morning, 
chances are when you go down the steps into the subway station, you're going to have to be dodged. You're, you're, you're playing Frogger with, with drunk people along the way. It's, right. And like the subway car that you're in, chances are it's going to smell like vomit. I'm curious about the Green River. Is that a uniquely Chicago thing or is that something that they adopted? Is, is that done anywhere in Ireland, Johnny, that you know of? Not the best of, of my uh, of my knowledge. I, I think they may have done the Liffey. They have a little more dignity over there, probably. Yeah. Yeah. But but certainly nothing nothing like the scale of Chicago. We did um, we sponsored an Egan clan get together in uh, in Canada uh, about three years ago, uh, and it was in a, a town called Drumroll Eganville, and um, we 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 were hastily kind of putting the organization together for it. Sounds like you like spun a globe and you're like there. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there's actually, you know, there's a clan committee. I mean, you wouldn't believe this. And they're they're just, they're really well organized. They're super passionate about it. And we were delighted to get involved. We had a clan committee here running the U.S. government for the last four years. Oh, but it was a different clan. Sorry. Different clan. Yeah, different, different, it's sort of the same as like, a D versus a T. Yeah. I'm know. trying to stay off politics. In there to help you. <laughs> <laughs> but they, we got, sorry, we got this t-shirts, we got these t-shirts made and the brief was really badly done. Like we, they, they sent over the wrong color and everything. And we had all of a sudden then we had like 200 of these t-shirts. Neon pink. Neon green. The oh. same color as the Chicago river. And so whenever I think of the Chicago River, I think about those heinous green T-shirts that we got done for the Eganville uh, event. And I just shake my head saying, oh. Funny enough, the the entire city of Eganville is now blinded by the clan of Egans that uh, posed for a picture that day. They posed for a picture on the bridge. And my wife, who's the first lady of Egan's, she was there. She raised the toast in the middle of the bridge and everyone there had like a shot and just slammed it back. It was brilliant. Awesome. <laughs> Let's get away from the drunkenness of St. Patty's Day and get into the the exquisiteness mm. of the whiskey, Johnny. That's what I want to I want to talk about because I and I've mentioned this numerous times on this show. Irish whiskey fascinates me because as a category, it was almost gone. 30 years ago, it was disappearing. There were three or four commercially available whiskeys, certainly here in the United States, and they were all being made at the same distillery, at the Middleton Distillery over there. Yeah, it was all Irish distillers. It was literally, I don't know if people understand how close that category came to just going away. Had it, you know, I think, I guess Jameson probably had a lot to do with keeping it afloat. Pernod Ricard, right, bought Irish distillers, and that kind of kept it going and allowed you guys, obviously, and, and brands like you to come in. Now it's just yeah. booming. Like the whiskeys are so good. Do you? They're it, really good. Let's talk a little. This about, is really good. Yeah, your place in that world, and and just sort of the Irish whiskey category in general. Right. Well, I I, I couldn't have uh, prefaced it better myself. Um, you know, Irish whiskey is is really enjoying a resurgence and a renaissance. And I agree, it was paved paved by you know the likes of Irish distillers with their you know their. Um, their brands like Jameson and, and Paddy, um, they're great brands. Um, I think that they did a great job of it. I think that Perno coming in and buying them, you know, threw some big marketing muscle behind it. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, seeing as we're in the States, uh, you know, the guys like um, people who from the Dead Rabbit uh, Bar, I don't know if you've ever been there in, in New York. Jack McGarry's a good friend, right, yeah. yeah. 
they did a lot for Irish whiskey as well. You know, I mean, sort of premiumizing it, showing it can be put into cocktails. And they did a lot for it. That lent a lot of uh, weight because their cocktail program is obviously very heavily skewed towards Irish whiskeys and whatnot. And I think that, as you said, Johnny, I think that really kind of woke up the bar community, certainly in America, to start, you know, exploring with Irish whiskey more. Right, right. And I think where does Egan's fit in? Well, we're, we're not per se a beer and a shot type whiskey. We're probably more on the premium end of it. Um, so, I mean, while I won't, you know, disparage anybody for sh- shooting a shot of vintage grain, I, I do it myself. But that's kind of not what we're about. You know, we're about uh, extraordinary tastes. We're about kind of a, a more, you know, uh, extraordinary extraordinary you know uh, whiskey experience we do uh, we have our own customized aging so uh, just to wind back the clock a little bit egan's themselves uh, in the 20th century in the first half of the 20th century they they weren't distillers so what they would do is and i'll and I'll, I'll try not to bore you uh too much they uh um, we'll stop you if you were malting please do please do <laughs> I'll come on to my next toast once you do that. <laughs> <laughs> so they they were maltsters because uh, they, they had a big brewing operation. So you know what 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 do you need for beer? You need you need malted barley, and they uh, they bought around the, my grandfather's time. They bought these by trader barges, and I, I, as I mentioned earlier in, in our podcast, the uh, the Egan the my ancestors they basically wanted to trade, and so they needed the the canals. So they had these uh, barges. And they would bring the malted barley up the canal, up to the, the mouth of the canal, which is at the Liffey. And there, who do you have there? Well, you have St. James's Gate, Arthur Guinness and son. And uh, you've also got um, uh, John Power and son uh, and John Jameson. And what they did was they would trade their malted barley for, you know, LPA proof barrels of whiskey, which and porter, which, as you know, is, uh, is, is, is Guinness Stout. And then bring it back down the uh, the canal to Tullamore, where they would customize their own blends. So they would blend, uh, bond, and bottle it. The three Bs. So I have a um, question: the the yeah. the recipes that you guys are using nowadays are yeah. they? Did you bring them forward from what your five generations back? Is this an off the record answer or an on the record? No, answer? no, no, no. I, 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 well, okay. I suppose it, it depends on what you want to share, but yeah. I mean, obviously, you've got some different, uh, some 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 different expressions going on. But did you start with what their um, their recipes so, were? Did you find them? Were you like opening yeah. a box somewhere and saying, yeah, "Oh yeah, yeah. shit, we've got some whiskey here"? You know, I've I've been collecting a little bit of Egan's whiskey, which I've found over the years. That you know, I have um, different alerts that so when it goes up in an auction, I, I get it and I try to bid or outbid my cousin or my <laughs> uncle for them or twice removed, you know, cousin from Eganville in Canada. But, um, uh, well, the conti- one part of the continuation was that we did have an Egan's 10. And um, when we uh, when we got the show back on the road in 2015, we released a, a 10-year-old single malt. But uh, as, um, you know, as Dan, as Dan knows, well, from uh, he, I think you know quite a bit about the Irish whiskey uh, industry, Dan. You know, back then, you know, we weren't really producing a lot of single malt whiskey. A lot of it was blended whiskey. 
And um, a lot of what we're doing right now is pretty, we're, we're not, tr we're trying to be a little bit unconventional. Uh, we're trying to, you know, spark a little bit of innovation in the category. We feel that, you know, Irish whiskey didn't always have that maybe. And so, um, you know, for example, with our, with our fortitude. I was saying, I was, I was just reading the, uh, the, the bottle right now. You guys are, you guys are finishing it off in, or it's, no, it's aged in exclusively in, in sherry casks. Yes, yeah? casks. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, that wasn't really what Irish whiskey was about back at the, you know, in the 20th century. They weren't really doing anything like that. Right. Um, they weren't really producing a lot of single malt whiskey at the time. Like I said, your, your great, 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 great grandfather wasn't like grabbing sherry casks from no, Pedro Jimenez. And... No, they were selling sherry. They believe it or not, ah. they were selling sherry. Yeah, they, they imported teas from around the world. They uh, imported um, sherries, cognacs and all that. Um, but no, they weren't mixing them together. And so that's, you know, kind of what we're trying to do to set things apart. We're continuing what they did in terms of the bottling and the blending, etc. But um, we, we're, we're trying to be a bit more experimentative. And, uh, you know, it's that's what people want right now. You know, people want to try something different. Um, you know, if they're, they want to go on the blog, they want to go and see what whiskey nerds are talking about. They want to get a bottle, you know, and, uh, you know, tell their friends, you know, evangelize about something that they just, you know, started tasting and, and like. Well, let me, and, to that point, Johnny, what's your, what's the elevator pit? We got the vintage, I got the vintage grain in my glass right now. As oh. do I. Is, is the glass half full or is it half empty? <laughs> it's it's half full. That's a loaded question. <laughs> ask me on a day when my child didn't wake up at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, how did we forget this toast? By the, I mean, listen, may you be in heaven a full half hour before the devil knows you're dead. That's a classic Irish toast, right? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, there yeah. we go. So, Cheers. Slanche with, with the uh, vintage grain. So somebody wants to get an Irish whiskey. You're trying to sell them on Irish whiskey, Johnny. Go try the vintage yeah. grain. What sets that apart from other Irish whiskeys? And they said, to you, I've had Jameson. I like Jameson. What's the difference? Sure. Well, um, the vintage grain itself has been aged for uh, eight years in ex-bourbon oak casks, whereas you're, you know, you're, you're, um, you know, your three-year-old blend probably hasn't, obviously hasn't by definition. Um, we, you know, I think for the U.S. consumer, the vintage grain is quite appealing due to its taste. It's a little, got a little bit of sweetness, um, but it's also got a little bit of a spice to it. So, you know, I think for the bourbon drinker, that's quite attractive. It also, uh, it works great neat on ice or in cocktails. I mean, the vintage grain makes killer cocktails. You what, know, what, what would be, what would be a cocktail? Yeah, exactly. We're asking the same question. I'm a cocktail found. Yeah. I've been hitting a lot of Manhattans with it. You okay. Know, uh, drinking by myself on, on uh, you know, Friday nights <laughs> during COVID. Um, you know, they're easier to make. They're very tasty. Um, I've, do you get uh, a discount on the Egan's when you're, do you get a discount? Like, is it no, I don't. I don't. <laughs> hey, yeah. You're paying full freight for this thing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm uh, I've actually got friends going because we're, because we did this deal with, with total wine. Now we did a national deal with total wine and more. Um, they, they actually, they're not in Chicago. So I actually have to uh, send the mysteries up to uh, Wisconsin or, uh, St. Louis to get my uh, Egan's get or have it shipped in, which is totally my hometown okay. of St. Louis. Oh yeah, that's right. With there's we're 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 I think we're in about three or four of the stores down there. 
I might um, have to send then, a bottle to my dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell what, I'll send it to him. You, you oh, shit. Address, uh, his address. I won't do any creepy stuff. I'll say this is from your beloved son. Ah. And, uh, he was thinking of you. How about that? Look at that. My goodness. Yeah, wait, look at that's, this, man. You that's very generous. Score. And my dad will be. So, yeah. Uh, so, Dan, put us in touch, please. I will you, do it. Johnny, is this, a, this is something I've. I often tell people about Irish whiskey, and, and I, I want to make sure that I'm not getting it wrong or maybe maybe disagree with me on this. But if I were to encounter someone who is a neophyte whiskey drinker, I want to start them somewhere, but I don't want to start them somewhere too boring, too bland, but I also don't want to go, hey, try this Octomore, you know? I think about bourbon, but mm. I honestly, for me, I think the, the great starting point for somebody yeah. who really wants to dig whiskey, but ha- it doesn't have a big, you know, history of drinking whiskey, is Irish whiskey because I feel like it's sort of you get the best of both there. You know, th- there's a drinkability to a, a lot of Irish whiskeys, but there's also a complexity to Irish whiskey that I think is you're not going to have an Irish whiskey that you could take one sip. There are scotches, and we all know this, where you took mm. one sip, you may never drink whiskey again. If if you yeah. don't have, if you don't have the palate, you know, Especially if, you're not, if it's too peated, if you're not no. ready for that, if yeah. you're, you know, like I mean, some right. of the art bags, and don't get me wrong, I love those whiskeys, but someone yeah. who's a bit hesitant, I think Irish yeah. whiskey is the place. I think it's the category where they should start. Would you agree? I agree. I absolutely agree, and I would try. I would go with the Tullys. You know, the Jameson, you know, sit them down, maybe put a drop of water in there as well. And, uh, you know, don't rush it. Take your time. You know, unfortunately, a lot of us, and this is the occasion with tequila, we our introduction was, you know, 11 o'clock at night, you know, trying to slam it down our throat as quickly as possible. Oh, you want to drink whiskey? Sure. Drink. <laughs> and, it, you know, it's people are kind of running for the hills then, you know. Um, but it's only when people kind of slow down and try to appreciate both the taste quotient and then also the providence behind it as well, because, you know, the branding is important. The story you're telling is super important. I mean, you're a professional storyteller. You, you know what I'm talking about here. People need the story. They need to know. They want to be educated and they want to know, you know, what, what's the history behind what you're, you're, you know, you're imbibing. I got to tell you, Johnny, the, uh, this, uh, the vintage grain just feels like a quintessential and I know that you were saying that you guys are trying to do, uh, you know, you're doing a little different. You're doing something new, but it feels like a quintessential, approachable, beautifully well balanced Irish whiskey to me. Yeah, like it, well, it, it, thank it you. just like it. It feels. I mean, the bo- the bottle itself and the the way it sips and the way that it sort of washes over. It feels very like it. It, it invites you in in a very wonderful way. Like it's oh, well, it's just kind of nice. That's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. The bottle is so great. And and yeah, when I was over there, Johnny, last year, I went up to Belfast uh, for McConnell's whiskey. Okay, what's that very famous? whiskey bar in in belfast you know what i'm talking about the uh oh uh the king's no the uh something i'm sorry it's escaping me now but I, yeah i was actually only up in belfast there about th- three years ago oh anyway when i was there i remember marveling at the back bar and they had egan's in there as well but just how great these labels looked you know and this right. vintage grain label to me just has soul you know it just has a lot of soul to it you know it's but there's something about it that like it 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 feels 
it just feels like it harkens back to it, it. It doesn't feel like a brand that's been around for you were saying six years now. Like it right. feels like a it feels like a bottle that's yeah. been around for six generations. That's right, and which that, is that was wonderful. The intention, like, you know that the, you thought that bottle has been on the te- on the on the shelf for generations. That's kind yeah. of what we were hoping to achieve with that. No, it um, feels like it, man. What's the retail on that? The vintage grain, do you know, over here. Johnny? So, you know, unfortunately, it just really depends what state you're in because of the taxes. Um, <laughs> General, but, ballpark. Yeah, you, you'll get it for uh, around 25 Jesus, to 30. that's great. In, uh, that's fantastic. In, um, in total wine. Yeah, they're, 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 they're pricing it really uh, aggressively. That's now, what about this one? I don't want to live in New York. That's, nobody knows what that is, Dan, because you have that false background. <laughs> what about the fortitude? I want to try this fortitude. <laughs> I have not tried it. Let, tell us a little bit about this one, Johnny. Sure. Yeah. So this is, uh, it's a hundred percent single malt. It's aged exclusively in the Pedro Ximenez sherry casks. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, you know, on the nose, you, you obviously get quite a whiff of sherry off the bat. Um, and then on the palate, you know, uh, the raisins, sultanas, a bit of marzipan as well, but it's got that, you know, satis- you know, it's a single malt. So it's got that nice, a little bit of creaminess, um, you know, as it goes down a lot of heat, um but there's definitely no burn but uh, i mean that's my my go-to right now is is probably the fortitude um vintage grain on friday nights and fortitude on saturday nights you know <laughs> special occasions <laughs> how long's fortitude been available in market uh, it's been available now probably about two two years here in north America. and this is a little bit higher price point than the vintage grain yeah this is just a bit just a bit shy of, of uh uh, 50 bucks so it'd be kind of again depending on what stage you're in it could be could even be as low as 35 between 35 and 45 um bucks man the no the nose on this is wonderful really just it's it, well to me it's evocative of being in a distillery actually <laughs> i just yeah you get that, that like you get that great cereal grain notes going on there that you always smell when you're in that when you're in the distillery and 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 by the yeah. way that's another thing I want to point out to anybody listening when the time comes that you can get there go to Ireland because it's it's just starting now like they're starting to bring uh, distilleries are starting to come back into 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 Dublin certainly and so and yeah. I wanted to ask you that Johnny what's going on with you guys with that whole situation over there with your own facilities well um, you know we're. I mean, I mean, I'll, to answer your question, I'll say we're we're doing what we did originally, you know, with my forefathers, in terms of you know sourcing great whiskies, um, aging them, uh, you know, in, by ourselves, and then you know doing the blending, bonding, and bottling. That's what we've always done. Now, if we're going to change that narrative, um, that would be a big sit down uh, between our family uh, and uh, Intrepid. Um, but I wouldn't write it off. Um, I think that there's been a deluge of brands, uh, you know, over the last few years. I think there's 26 distilleries or something that have opened on the island of Ireland. And unfortunately, there isn't. I don't think there's a market for 26 distilleries, um, uh, unfortunately. So um, I don't know. I mean, we, we'll have a look at where we Could you do, it? Could you do a tasting time. room? Are you, are you able to do that in Ireland? Or? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I... Yeah, I mean, we, we, we are definitely looking at that right now. Um, I don't want to say too much more, um, but yeah, we, we are. We, gotta, Johnny's going to hit me up that. after we cut all of this out, please. Cut it <laughs> out, Dan. I can't talk my about this. My <laughs> but yeah, no, I, absolutely. It's, it's part of the plan, you know. I mean, 
you know, when we started off, we didn't want to buy it, buy it off more than we could chew. You know, we, we didn't want to be investing telephone numbers in something that was unproven. Right. And um, but we're, you know, we're five years now into it. Um, we had record sales last year. We were 76 percent up year on year last year. A lot of people were buying booze last year. A lot of booze. And they weren't just drinking on Fridays and Saturdays. They were drinking <laughs> earlier in the week as well. Right? I, can, I can attest to that. Yeah, me too, unfortunately. But um, yeah, so yeah, it was a good it was a good um, time last year for the for the off premise. Sadly, not so much for the on premise. Yeah, um, you know, my heart goes out to a lot of the amazing bartenders and service staff out there. We're a really, really tough year. Um, but um, yeah, uh, so to answer your original question, we're, we're, we don't want to bite off more than we can chew. We're in the development of the brand, development of the company. Uh, yeah, we probably will get there to the tasting room, distillery. I don't know. Uh, Come back to me in a couple of years' time. Okay. <laughs> Stop yeah. pressuring him, Dan. I'm sorry. God damn it. Let's raise a toast here with the fortitude. Oh, yeah, I'm on the toast. It's me. Oh, it's you me. got one now, it's finally. Okay. Oh, I was just doing You looked it up, wrong, didn't man. you? You Googled. Thank God guys, Googled. guys who know me, no, I actually didn't. But guys who know me know that I, I see your part. eyes going to the left. <laughs> I, I can tell you Googled. That's fine. Well, my, yeah, my son showed up a second ago. Okay. But, <laughs> so... Never lie, cheat, steal, or drink. By the way, I'd like to dedicate this to Eamon Collins who taught me this toast. Never lie, cheat, steal, or drink. But if you do lie, make sure you lie in the, the arms of somebody beautiful. If you cheat, may you cheat death. If you steal, may you steal from the from the English. But if you drink, may you drink with Colin and Dan. Ah, <laughs> there we go. I love it. Sláinte. Sláinte. Folks, I've never admitted this on the show before, but I'm a guy. Yeah, it's true. And as a guy... I'm here to tell you that so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why when we get into our 20s and 30s and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Treatments start at just $10 per month. Plus, for a limited time, you can get your first month free. That's right, free. Go to keeps.com slash drinking to receive your first month of treatment for free. Take care of your hair and your hair will take care of you. Hey, this is Tiffany Thiessen and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And the other one I wanted to touch on when you were talking about how America, we've bastardized things like do shots and everything else. Uh, Forget about the Jameson. The, the, the craziest one of all time was the Irish car bomb. Invented... Ugh. Oh my God. Invented by an American in Stanford, Connecticut. Uh, Charles Oat, I think his name was. So, this, like, think of the the balls. Like, it's like let's let's appropriate three of the most popular adult beverages in Ireland. We'll take we'll take yeah. the Guinness, we'll take the Baileys, and we'll take the Jameson. Let's take those things, right? Yeah. <laughs> let's name it after an act of terrorism. And they did this thing. And, and I, when I was young, I'm going to admit I was guilty. And then until I yeah. educated myself and I go, what the fuck? Like this would be like if some uh, cheeky Irish guy opened a, a pub in the shadows of where the World Trade Center used to be and was like, let's call it, let's get Budweiser and Beam and call it the, da-, you know, how offensive is that to you? The, the Irish car bomb thing. I mean, 
I think there's, you know, cultural appropriation, you know, for, for everything. And which expression of vegans would we use if we were to, if we were to swap it <laughs> yeah. out? No, I'm just kidding. I mean, it would just be too expensive to do, to be honest. I mean, I'm not totally against Johnny's it. offended just, that they're using Jameson and not, you know, no, I'm kidding. You know, it's, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it'd be for depletions, you know, but, uh, sales are sales, man, you know, but, but uh, yeah, anyway, I mean, go ahead. I cut you off. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, I, I mean, listen, uh, you know, have I had a car, Irish car? Of course I have. Um, I, you know, I take it in jest. Um, you know, is is it ideal? No, it's not. Um, but Does I mean, it hurt I think, a little know, bit every time you take one? Like, I mean, in, in the past, it, like, it, did it you take your, one and you were like, fuck off. The fourth one, right? <laughs> Can't we just rename it? It's not a bad, it's a fun thing to do. It's a fun drink, but like, can we? Let's, let's, let's brainstorm. Let's brainstorm. If we come up with a name for the okay, so I get the you're you know they're thinking like detonator bomb because they're dropping it in. What about the right. teardrop or a, uh, uh, a? Well, it's falling into a into a pool of dark matter, right? Shane McGowan's uh, teeth. How about that? Ooh, I don't think anyone would probably want to drink it then. Oh, but but it could be a pogue bomb. His mouth is a pool of dark matter. I'm just saying, or at least it was. Oh, you Maybe. know what? Call it the zombie, right? Everyone loves zombie. The the, the tune by. But there's the already zombie. a drink called the zombie. Oh, uh, there is a zombie. Yeah, it's a it's a tropical drink. The zombie. Uh, okay. What about uh? What about uh? uh what's the Pogues uh, New Year's Eve? Uh, Christmas. Oh, the fairy Christmas, tale. Why fairy don't tale you call it York. fairy tale in New York? Yeah, fairy tale Chicago, or just the fairy tale. The fairy the tale. Fairy tale. Yeah. Right, That's so the much fairy more. Tale, guys. I think we, I think we literally just saved. Let's, let's trademark that before the end of the, the show. Fair, it's just that sounds like a, a pleasant drink to have. I mean, look, Johnny, I'm going to put this on you because I think you have a better business mind than either Dan or I. Uh, so if you could trademark that by the end of this show, that'd be great. I want to get to another whiskey here, Johnny. The Legacy Reserve. This is the stuff right here, right? This is right. we're talking. This is a little bit higher up the. Uh, Yes, Price this is our most premium expression. What yeah. is this? What's a bottle of this going to set somebody back? Uh, I mean, it's it's around 100 right now. Um, the original LR1s, Legacy Reserve 1 and Legacy Reserve 2, are around anywhere between $120 dollars and $150. Okay. So right now, I mean, if you can get your hands on this, it's a limited edition. Go and buy it, you know. And, you know, even if you don't open it up and drink it, if you hold on to it for a few years, it's – it's going to only uh, increase in value, you know, and it's, it's, a, you know, I've tried that with other whiskeys. It doesn't work because yeah. the bottle ends up getting opened. Well, that's true. Once you pop. Johnny, you know Colin's been out of practice a little bit as the East coast co-host. Let's see if he still got his game. Uh, Colin, I would like you to please uh, take a sip of the legacy reserve and on the spot in front of Johnny, I God in the world, <laughs> Give us your tasting notes. Here we go. He's nosing it right now. He's looks intent. Uh, look, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, preface this by saying that Dan has already established that my wife is a super taster. She is the type of woman who will go. She'll she'll go to a tasting. She will come up with the most bizarre fucking descriptor of anything that she's tasting, whether it is a liquor or a wine, usually it's wine if we're doing a tasting, but she is spot on. She's like, that tastes like the Band-Aid that you ripped off of a four-day-old uh, scab. 
And chances are, <laughs> she was right. It's delicious, but she's spot on. She's like, I taste oh. a little bit of caramel and uh, a toothbrush that sat out too long after brushing your teeth without washing it off. And you're wow. like, oh, yeah, I got Johnny, it. Johnny, am I the only one here that thinks that our East Coast co-host is trying to buy himself some time to come, come up with some descriptors? You know what I was going to say? I was going to say that I have to say I think women, honestly, they've got a better sense of taste than we do, honestly. Oh, like, they do? Uh, no, that's scientifically proven. So if you could, if you have that tool and you've also you know got the articulation of, uh, of Patty, I mean <laughs> – She's right. She has a way with words. Let's guess what that way. you're about to find out. He does not have the articulation. No, I don't. <laughs> here we, here we go. something tells me. <laughs> tell me. Tell this me. is not going to be as impressive. As, I'm stalling as, as for time. Colin, Colin, talk to me about the Cadillac casks. Talk to me about the Cadillac casks. Tell me about the Cadillac casks first. What what kind of what kind of notes come out of the Cadillac casks? It's it's, it's a white dessert wine made from Baturicate vines on the hillsides of Bordeaux. And it was, uh, we finished it, I think it was for, oh, it was either three months or six months. Uh, can't quite remember. But uh, I have only had a smidgen of this. Um, we were supposed to get more, but due to COVID, we didn't get more over here. And so I, the onus is on you to give us the tasting notes, man, because I have not tasted it yet. I mean, the fact Probably. is, Johnny, I need more. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> no, it's. It is delicious. There is a, there 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 is a wonderful roundness to it. There's um, Dan. What are you getting? Wonderful roundness. Well, I was doing a tasting in Boston one time, and um, I had a couple of drinks, and the crowd were a lot of fun to uh, to to work with and to talk to, and it was very interactive. And I said, "Well, this whiskey, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the Legacy Reserve." Yes, please tell us, Jonathan. Hmm. The word I would use for this one is it's very Moorish. It's what? It's very Moorish. Ooh, and everyone's looking at me like as if they know what I'm talking about. Well, can you explain what Moorish is? Yeah, you just want to drink more and more and more and more. more. <laughs> I'm going to use that anytime Dan puts me on the spot from now just go, on. It's, it's very Moorish. It's very Moorish. My dad, my dad, my dad always had the best get out of jail. Dad, how's that? How's that wine or whiskey? tasting or how's it drinking son it's drinking very well <laughs> yeah so that was always his get out of jail it's mine is usually it tastes like whiskey it, it really does have like a nice fullness to it it's got it's got yeah. some butter on it it's got some caramel notes on it it's yeah. like it's I, it's our finest yes absolutely it is um the, the, the legacy reserve three is, is definitely the best of the three of them um, so yeah, I mean, get out there and buy it if you can find it. It's unfortunately, it's hasn't been evenly distributed. It's a limited run. I think of a thousand bottles and um, third of which are in Europe. Two thirds are here in North America. So if you I'm can get sad it, sad that I don't have a full bottle. That's oh, all I'm sad about, man. There you go. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. See, Indeed. <laughs> Colin, what do you got? Come on. Keep up. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I did look this up. Hold on. May the best day of your past be the worst day of your future. Yeah, that's pretty good. Boom. That's pretty good. Johnny, you got to take us out. You are you are the true Irishman here. All right. You know what? I don't have a toast, but I, you know, uh, with all the the cancel culture out there right now. I did like the Dr. Seuss one. 
<laughs> about matter and mind, right? You know, we're hitting all, all we're hitting all the hot topics on this show. Real <laughs> family, you know, Dr. Seuss, don't mind those Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, don't don't matter <laughs> because of those matter don't mind. How about that? Okay, there you go. Here we go. Here's the thing. When we do this again, I, I, I hope and pray we can do it in person, either yes. preferably in, in Dublin or in Ireland. Yes. But if yes. we have to pinch hit, we can go to Egansville, right? We can always go to Egansville yes. for that. But but I would prefer to do it in Ireland, and we will drink plenty of Egan's whiskey, but we'll also have a fairy tale contest. We stay on brand here. Who can drink the fairy hey tales there. the quickest? Uh, Johnny, do, do you want people to find you on social media? Because if you do, you can tell us where. Sure. I, I'm, I'm at Jonathan Egan. I'm not a, not a voracious poster like that. Um, but please do uh, add uh, Egan's Whiskey on uh, that handle, Egan's Irish Whiskey, Egan's Whiskey. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, we're available at uh, Total Wines and more uh, in, in, uh, in, in, um, in the United States of America. Uh, I don't know who else is listening here, but, um, you know, please go on a website to try and find where you can find our whiskeys. There's a guy. Um, there's one guy in Bolivia. And I think some uh, there's a woman in Fiji that listens as well. So yeah, there's okay. somebody in <laughs> Tangier. Yeah, <laughs> no, she died. Yeah, unfortunately, oh, okay. yeah, she passed away. I so it's just the guy in, in Bolivia. I then. just got word. Yeah, that's well, our let's only... invite them all over to Dublin. Then you know, maybe later this year <laughs> when we have the Egan's Classic. I'm not joking <laughs> you. A few weeks ago, I reached number seven on the Irish podcast charts. So oh, I'm big in Ireland. I'm just saying that hey. was the Brian Cranston episode. Maybe the Colin yeah. Donald thing will do this for us. So, Colin, where do people find I you? I doubt it. I'm no, so sorry. I, I doubt it, too, after that <laughs> poor display of uh, tasting notes. No, I'm kidding. You're, you're the best, you. man. you? Fuck off. Where do people find you on the social media? At Colin Donald, right? That's it. That's right. Just my name. Maybe you and I will do a stereo this week. Thursday, I hope so. 8 o'clock Eastern, we might be on stereo. Johnny Egan, Colin Donald. This has been a real pleasure. I, I've loved having you on. And uh, right back, or maybe we won't. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll just throw some music on the end, and that'll be the end of the show. <laughs>